You're listening to Wealth at Work, a show designed to help advisors think, make decisions, and cast a vision to create a business for the future. Hosted by financial planner, author, speaker, and CEO of Advisor2x, Ross Marino. Hello, Tina and Devin. Look forward to having you guys at the conference. Are you guys ready? We're ready. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I looked at your session and the title instantly grabbed my attention. It said, Getting Back to the Basics. And Devin, I'll start with you. In order to go back to the basics, there's probably something that happened. There's a trigger. There's a prompt. What what caused you to say, you know what? We got to get back to the basics. Yeah, what was really interesting, you know, when Tina and I started talking about this, uh, we really wanted to make this a dynamic conversation between the two of us. So when you come into the room and you come into the session, expect to be a part of that discussion, to only almost be listening to just a conversation between colleagues in the industry. So that was important to us that we wanted to kind of peel the layers back of the uh, formality of the discussion. But both of us really resonated and Tina, I'll let her share her story, but we really were thinking about, you know, we've got this global pandemic, we've got economic challenges going on, and we're looking across the different participants that we work with in these retirement plans. And they, you know, really the foundational work the financial literacy, the budgeting, the emergency savings, these basic concepts are things that if we could make improvements in those areas with those individuals, would we see better outcomes in the plans? And we felt like, yes, we would, right? If we could check the box on some of those basic needs, we could reduce stress with employees, we could create better loyalty within organizations. We could then start to talk about some of the bigger things that we need to focus on to get people prepared to retire. So that was really the catalyst was really, again, just peeling back the layer and saying, okay, what do people really need right now inside this really challenging time? And the basics, you know, that's always a great place to go to. Yeah, that really sounds like the, to me, it's a human first approach because you're saying, what do people need? You keep mentioning the people. And I think that's a shift that we're seeing in our industry where we're really trying to dial into what is this person that we're listening to or sharing information with? What do they really need? And once that hits you, yeah, it's probably going to say, we got to get back to the basics. Now, now, Tina, did you have a similar experience? I did. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time speaking with participants and I've had questions about whether they could take their money out after they left their employer. Um, Really basic fundamentals that they didn't even really understand how the plan worked. And I realized that this is our day-to-day job. (laughs) We get all of this, but the average person really doesn't understand how a 401k works. And so for me, it was going back to the basics of yeah, the, these are the, the the features of a plan, and this is how it works. If you were to leave or stay, if you wanted to take a distribution, all of that, um, I really wanted to make sure that we we laid out uh, properly for participants, and we did it in a really easy, simple way. Well, in the past, when we wanted to get back to the basics or we wanted to teach fundamentals, you know, we'd shoot out an email, or maybe we'd we'd hand out something, a hard copy at uh, an employee education meeting, but uh, the way we did it in the past isn't necessarily going to work in the present. Have you found that, Devin? And uh, what are you doing about that? Yeah, I think one of the one of the ideas that we wanted to explore a little bit, and I, I know this isn't new for anybody who's going to be tuning in, but you know, DE&I and DIBS and diversity inclusion, um, various ways that you want to tackle that topic is very prevalent across the country. 
as it should be, in, in my opinion. Um, but a lot of organizations really looking at that as well. And so what Tina and I really wanted to talk about is kind of pointing the pointing it right back at the advisor to say, what are you, what are you doing inside your practice? How are you leveraging this conversation with your team structure? Are you creating diverse teams? If you think about the employees that work within these organizations, if you're on the institutional side, which is what I'm on, um, you know, that they're not one size fits all. You know, we've got varieties of individuals. We've got different perspectives. We've got different thoughts, thought perspectives. We have different cultures and ethnicities, which is a wonderful um, opportunity for all of us to, to to put our brains around. And so really just looking at how you're structuring your team, are you leveraging that DE&I conversation, creating diverse teams to reach more of your audience and to relate? So that's something we really want to dig into and and talk about. Yeah, I think for a lot of advisors, a lot of people that own firms, uh, and, and I was guilty this many years ago, so I'll say it saying I was guilty. You hear diversity and you think, okay, you're right, gender and race. I mean, lazy, right? Totally lazy. But that's what you thought many years ago. And yeah, I think it was a conversation I had with Fred Barstein. Um, and fortunately, it was many, many years ago. So I wasn't this clueless last month, right? So this was many, many years ago. And he talked about the power of diversity of thought. And, and it goes so deep on how people grew up, what their culture is, how they think, their mental models, and how that really adds value to it. And that's a way to approach business owners of this is why you have to go so far beyond checking the box. This isn't just a good thing to do for society. It is so much more than that when you actually go beyond that. And as I was listening to you, I was think, thinking that that's really where you're kind of going with this. So when it comes to figuring out what really works right now, is it as simple as just saying, let's just try to do diversity or do you do a little more? I mean, what are you doing, Tina? Yeah, I, it's, it's definitely more. Um, and, you know, we look for, we look for a variety of different cultures, backgrounds, but also it's not so much of just bringing those folks into the, into the firm. It's also creating that culture where they do have that sense of belonging. They do feel like they have a voice and you're, you're, you're promoting that, that diversity of thought and, and so there's a lot of layers to it uh, that you, you can't just stop at the hiring process. It, you need to make sure that, you know, they're they're really that that they're promoting uh, ways that they can get their ideas across and um, and, you know, that we come up with these new ways to approach these things when we are going back to the basics that we're we're thinking of new ways to engage with, with uh, our clients and our participants. Yeah, it's so much more than just awesome. expecting everybody in the conversation to just say what they feel and think that all of a sudden this is going to work out because, mm -hmm. hey, we put a bunch of ingredients in a bowl and guess what? All of a sudden we made a cake. Nah, it doesn't quite work that way. So to, to promote that, to encourage that, yeah. that that's certainly something that uh, I don't know if it's going to be instinctive for a lot of advisors or business yeah. owners. I, I don't know what their thought process is growing up, but uh, whether you thought of it or not, you definitely have to be intentional. And, and that's what I'm getting as I listen to you guys. And I love that because that's how you figure out what works now. You have to be intentional. You have to ask and listen and figure out how to get things done in a new way. Um, so I'm actually gonna do a quick pivot. Uh, love the work that Whippin's done. Always love that Whippin is a partner of ours. And it sounds like this year at the beginning of this conference, as usual, we have a happy hour. We have a get together for Whippin, but I think this one this one sounds pretty cool. Anybody want to share details on that? 
Yeah. So both Tina and I work with Whippin and uh, there's going to be a fun get together on Sunday at four o'clock. Tina, do you want to share any other nuggets? I we're we're just uh, going to ask, you know, any women that are attending to come on in and, and we'll definitely have some fun. We'll have some icebreakers and, and uh, do a lot of networking, make those connections. It should be a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as you get there, you'll find directions and we're at Paris, the hotel in Las Vegas and the Whippin event isn't actually in the hotel. It's going to be near the Eiffel Tower as in up in the private room in the Eiffel Tower. So talk about a room with a view. It's going to be pretty cool. So come join the ladies there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Tina, Devin, look forward to seeing you guys out there. Thanks so much. Thank you, Ross. Thank you. Wealth at Work is coming up soon. We have a great session with a lot of insight from Holly and Faith. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi there. Thanks for having us, Ross. Looking forward to it. I, I read the description and then we just had a quick conversation and uh, my head just started spinning with so many different questions. It is a topic that has to be addressed right now. It talks a lot about participants, what I know, what I think I know. Apparently, there's a lot of misconceptions I have out there as an advisor. You've seen a lot of them, Faith. What are you guys going to talk about? Our topic is undressing the mind. And we're really just stripping down all the things, the preconceptions that we have about these different generations and trying to strip down the preconceptions that we have as advisors of what they need. And so this is not a conversation about TikTok. But we are going to look at what are the things that are aligning with how they think about life, how they see life, how are they looking at their finances and what makes sense. So I'd imagine the 25-year-old is different than the 60-year-old. There's misconceptions. Could you touch on maybe a few things that are consistent across all generations or is it mostly unique as you talk to each person? Everyone has dreams and goals and desires for the life. That's really the core consistent thing there. You know, we're humans. We have something that we want, but how we see how to get there is all different. So we're looking at people who ha- are uh, born in the information age, you know, they're digital natives or looking at people who have adapted and are tech savvy or people who are very skeptical, um, who actually are accidentally in a lot of debt. These are all the, those different generations. And so that really impacts their mindset. And I think the challenge is the advisor is, is once we start to learn and understand that they think differently and they see things differently. Now I have to shift my approach. And instead of just thinking, what information do I want to communicate? That's important. Now I have to figure out how do I communicate? I mean, Holly, how do we approach that? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I'll, I'll answer that by telling you a story. So one of my very first um, education sessions that I did when I was on the retirement side, I told you earlier, I was on wealth management originally. And I, you know, I was up there doing my education session, trying to get people to defer more into the 401k. And, you know, I'm pretty engaging. I like, I move my hands a lot. I walk around and, and, and I looked out just, and this was uh, three different shifts and these were um, like mill workers. Right. And it was a full house. I'm like, Oh, wow. They're all here to see me. No, they were there for the donuts and the coffee, but that's <laughs> whatever it took. They were there. So I was psyched. And so I'm up there and I'm doing my thing and I'm looking out at the sea of like blank faces. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like I'm missing something here. 
And so afterwards I walked around and I was talking to people and, um, you know, trying to get them to defer more in. And they're like, Holly, um, I am trying to figure out which bill to pay this month because I'm in debt. And, you know, I just kept hearing that same theme. And I went back to my boss and it, it really shook me up. And I went back to my boss. I'm like, we're having the wrong conversation. Like I can't talk to people about tomorrow money if they're struggling today. This right. is where we need to kind of shift that focus. And he's like, that's not your job. Your job is to go in there and talk about the 401k. And I'm like, you're right. This is not my <laughs> job. And so I left, but that that's always been, you know, for me, it's like when you're sitting there and people are really struggling, it, it, we can't help them by just giving them, you know, here's your formula to get you to that end goal. If they're struggling with so many competing priorities. So um, yeah, they crave being a people human. I I'm talking as if I'm not a human, we crave to be understood mm-hmm. for our lives and the things that we're concerned about to be seen. And so if an advisor is coming in and saying all waterboarding me with all the things that I should be doing that I haven't, that's really intimidating. That's not really helping them. It's just, you know, flooding them with information or strategies that they don't feel like they could implement. There's certainly a fine line between encouraging and then crossing over to really having someone feel overwhelmed and stressed. Because if you're in survival mode and you're wondering how to pay the bills at the end of the month, that's going to weigh heavy on you. Well, well, let me add something even heavier. One day you're going to retire. And if you don't do this, you're not going to have enough money and your finances may be in even worse shape. That's a message that we're unintentionally telling people when we do some of these meetings. So yes, to try to figure out how to shift the conversation, find people that frankly need triage right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the 401k world, a lot of advisors, there's no business model or revenue model to deliver that. Have you guys thought much about that? Yeah. Well, and it's, but it's not just about the individuals who are triaging their situation or struggling with debt. It could just be that they're living their lives exactly how they want to, and they don't really want to mess with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the uh, focusing on today versus planning for tomorrow, uh, some <laughs> brains are wired to think about tomorrow. Executive functioning comes natural. We, we set goals and so forth. Not all brains are that way. Now, you can I'll, die tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is. There, there's, uh, and you know, when you look at your strength as your weakness, I'm future-based. Um, I need to be a little more present and today-based. Some people are living in today and they're really good at being present, probably need to be a little more future-focused and think about tomorrow. So, you know, everybody's got a a different uh, amount of one versus the other. We have to figure it out along the way. Uh, But as I was listening to you, what, what you made me think of is this is talking about people. And even though we're mentioning participants, plan sponsors are people too. So Holly, I'll throw this to you. Do you find similar differences between different generations and plan sponsors as well? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, again, and I think, you know, it's a kind of a different model when you're sitting in an executive committee meeting and you've got the plan sponsors and, and, you know, the decision makers at the table, sometimes that conversation's a little different, but when you are sitting one-on-one with someone, whether it's a a CEO or whether it's, you know, a rank and file, you know, working on the line, it doesn't matter. I mean, your story is your story. And, you know, I, I learned this a long time ago and I, I, I practice it with my own, um, with my own education sessions. And it's, you know, your money story is developed by the time you're around five, five or six. And so that doesn't change much, right? And I've taught at every level from preschool all the way up through CEOs. And there's not a huge difference between those two sometimes. 
And I say that to people, and I always get a laugh, but the reason being is because who we are as people and how we interact with, you know, with money, how we interact with the world, that doesn't change much. Mm -hmm. So it's really figuring out who that person is, where they're at, and how to get them to where they need to be. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys have experienced this as well, but I can't tell you how many times I've sat with someone who is, you know, terrified, they are embarrassed, there's like so, the narrative that's going through their head, um, it's pretty debilitating. And I always say, listen, you know, I was homeless at 15. I put myself through college, bartending three jobs, living out of my car. I'm like, and, you know, I did okay. I landed on my feet. But there was nobody talking to me about what that little plastic card was going to do to me, right? All I knew is that in the moment, it was going to give me what I needed, and I would worry about that later. And it took me a decade to get myself out of that. And so when I'm sitting with people and I see that shame and the fear and all of that, I'm like, listen, I'm not here to judge you. And I don't look in the rearview mirror. The only thing I want you to know is who you are and why you make those choices that you do so that you can kind of plan for that. And then we're going to go forward. And so, you know, getting vulnerable with people and, and being able to kind of break through that, that initial barrier, when we can do that, I think, uh, you know, the, the sky's the limit and what we can accomplish. And, I, and I've seen that. So it's been really phenomenal. It's going to be a great session. Holly, Faith, look forward to seeing you guys in October. Thank you. Us too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wealth at Work. The information covered and posted represents the views of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Advisor2x. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.